0: Hey, TCBs. I'm Ashley. And I'm Amanda. No, like legitimately you are Amanda.
1: Yeah, I am.
0: This is allegedly. Yeah. What's TCBs? TCBs. It's um true crime bitches. No. That... Yes. Did I cast it? No. Oh. It's true crime besties, oh, but I, I like guess true crime bitches goes well too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I came up with that. A lot has happened since you haven't been around. I feel like it's been like years. It's been ages. I... It's been a long time. But we missed you. Did you listen to our paranormal yes. episode? I... We missed you a lot. The whole paranormal thing in your house is so... I don't even know what to call it. It's scary. Yeah. And it's gotten worse even since that recording. I was at her house... Last night. St- last night? Yeah. You stepped up. I stepped into her Wait, bedroom. Not last night. What's today? Is it a Tuesday? We're recording Wednesday. on Tuesday. Sunday. You were here Sunday. Sunday. I stepped into her bedroom and... I mean, because, I lured, because I lured her in there. I didn't want to go in. She didn't want to go in. And so we, in. we didn't go in. I was trying to get her in there. She did not want to go in because no. she knows about it. But then I lured her with allegedly merchandise yes. and um, wanting to show her that. And honestly, I didn't even try to do that. I was like, oh, it's on my laptop. My laptop's in my bedroom. You followed me in there. And all of a sudden you weren't talking. I and felt- I was like, did she come in? when I walked in, I felt very heavy, like I was like stuck to the floor. Yeah. And I felt like I was going to start to lean backwards and my stomach got super nauseous. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, of course that's happening. Let's leave. And And then you walked into my kitchen. I was fine. Everything was fine. fine. So then I was like, hey, let's have some fun and test it. And so we made you go back in, but it wasn't nausea. No. Then I did lean backwards. I was like... You were like wobbly. Yeah. It was like my legs were stiff, but my upper body was just like super wobbly. And then your jewelry started moving on its own. Okay. So here's the thing about the jewelry. I talked with James about that um, because mind you, in my bedroom, it wasn't just Amanda in there. Tara and I also went in, and we both started feeling effects as well. Yeah. Um, but the jewelry, we think, we live in an apartment building. If people are walking, it can slightly shake, like, the wall or whatever. So we don't know okay. if that had anything to do with it. That makes me feel a little bit better, but still, that was creepy. Yeah, it is creepy. But the feelings alone. So Patrick was in my bedroom today. Did he have? Okay, so for those of you who are wondering why I just have a random man in my bedroom... He is, he's my gay best friend. (laughs) I don't just randomly bring men into my bedroom. I know who he is, so I didn't
1: even think twice about what, what did it matter if he was in your room? James wouldn't have
0: worried either. Right. But Patrick stopped by today and I was like, hey, want to come in my bedroom? And he was like, not really. No. But he did. Did he get sick? He felt like... Everything was kind of like, he's going to tell me that this is wrong, but he said something like flushed from his brain. Like, he felt like his brain was mush. Like, he couldn't think logically. He just, and I'm like, was it like disease? Like, a little bit. Like, it was, he's almost disoriented is what he described. So, I didn't feel anything when I was in there with him. But he started feeling the effects right away. Did but, you tell him that I did too? Yeah. So there's all that nonsense. So yeah, it's gotten worse. Now I've got bruises. I don't know if I brought that up. Yep. And I've got I've got a new one just that I found yesterday, um, on the same thigh as last time, um, but now it's my inner thigh, and it almost looks like a thumbprint. Oh, great! So he's trying to get to your hoo ha. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I can only laugh about it because I don't even know anymore what to do. And what like, do you do? Excuse me, officer. If there's a ghost in my room. It's abusing me. Yeah. What? What are they? Do? They're gonna lock you up in a mental institution. The cops don't even help me with legitimate things. <laughs> so true. Cops. I I love police officers. Again, I've wanted to be one. Um. But uh. Uh, my faith and trust in them is is significantly lowered not just because of things with me but because of things in general. Yes. Just yeah. cases and crap. Yes. So Yeah. Well, you know, maybe they would help me with the ghost then. Maybe Who knows? maybe they don't like dealing with People. actual living humans and they'd rather them be That's because bed. they're not the human busters, they're the ghost busters. Is there an actual group that does ghost busting? I don't think so. I don't think they bust the ghost. No, So, I did want to tell you, because I haven't seen you in so long, so I have some notes. I've been taking (laughs) notes on what to tell you. (laughs) Of course you do. I have a senior on my high school run for the school bus, right? Uh, Is taking a class forensics? Yeah, I was all about that. How do we do that? Until he started telling me that in the textbook, there's legitimate directions on how to build a pipe bomb. No, no. That's, no. That's what they're giving high schoolers? No. That's, that's, no. I don't think that should be a thing that's happening. No, Not even no. a little bit. No. Um, one more thing. When you all hear this, we're recording today on Tuesday, but this will be coming out on Friday, October 7th. So quickly, happy birthday, Tara. <laughs> so my daughter, Tara, is turning sixteen on Friday when y'all are listening to this, and um, I'm I'm gonna lock her in in a closet because she's now sixteen and um, don't call the police because that's clearly a joke. Yeah, don't. She's not gonna do that. I'm not gonna. That's do that. not gonna happen. No, but seriously, she's freaking gorgeous. She's sixteen. <sighs> she has a so boyfriend. Sad. She's going to be getting her license. <sighs> I don't like anything about that. I'm just gonna go over here and cry now.
1: Yeah, I
0: don't like anything about that. Um, one more thing though. Uh, last was it last week that I covered Dahmer. Yeah, the Dahmer thing. Uh, let's can we just have a moment of chat?
1: Yeah,
0: I have not watched it yet. Okay, you have not watched the Netflix series. Uh, your son completely watched it. He's 15. And just started doing that on his own accord. But Apparently, he spoke to my husband about it, who was told him it was fine. I don't know. If, I mean, I'm sure Tara is going to watch it, but I don't know. Um, but he, he, um, he and I just had a discussion about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he understands my point of views. Yep.
1: Um,
0: again, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with what he did. And I'm not giving him, like, oh, well, that's a reason, so it's okay, kind of thing. Um, People are up in arms about the Jeffrey Dahmer series. Victims are up in arms. Like, the victims' families are up in arms, which is understandable. They're reliving it. Um, You would think that Netflix would have talked with the victims' families before making the series. You would think so. But then again, we cover things on here and we don't ask for permission to cover it do you see what I mean I do yeah. so it's like at what point do you ask permission yeah where's the line but here's where I have a problem now just in the last few days um a Jeffrey Dahmer filter came out on TikTok a filter Where it's, like, straight from the series, it is clearly not Jeffrey Dahmer. It's Evan Peters dressed as Dahmer. But it's clearly portraying what happened with Jeffrey Dahmer. So it's literally Evan Peters dressed as Dahmer in the bedroom. It's straight out of the series, the scene. But the TV, the TV is the filter part. So the screen of the TV can be whatever you are pointing your camera at. No. Um, and it's Jeffrey Dahmer going, I told you I just want to watch a movie. How are we okay with that? And how is TikTok okay with that? I don't know. I'm actually super surprised. Then there's people out there doing skits. No. Making fun of the things Jeffrey Dahmer did. Not making fun of Jeffrey Dahmer, but literally one of the skits shows him and a black male walking into the apartment and him trying to drug him. And the black male making jokes like, oh, it smells really bad in here. Do you not have like Febreze? I just think that's so far. Yeah. But then on Facebook. Can I just say that Evan Peters is so hot? You can definitely say that. Are you in agreement with me? Yes, to an extent, he would Have definitely be on am- one of my lists. Any American horror stories? No, I've not watched American <sighs> Horror Story, but I feel like that's something I definitely do need to do. Yes, you do. So on Facebook, there's a meme. Uh, the page that posted it is called Euphoria, um, and it says nobody, colon, which I never understand these when it says nobody and then it's just blank. But then it says, me, on my fifth shot of tequila. And I'm going to show you what it is. Um, That right there. Yeah, no. That is an African-American male who is um, swinging a shirt above his head, doing a little dance in front of Jeffrey Dahmer. And uh, you may ask what that is. It says down at the bottom, get the camera. That was um, the portrayal of who would have been his 18th victim. The man got away and went and got police. But it says me on my fifth shot of tequila. So now we're making jokes about the victims, but mm-hmm. nobody has a problem with that. I have not heard one thing I, about memes. But everybody had a problem with them labeling it on Netflix as part of the LGBTQ. That's wrong. L M N O P. Yeah, I uh, I just uh, listen. I have again. I'm not here to state my opinions on the community. No, me my daughter may be part of the community. May may not be. That's neither I'm, here nor there. Um, I'm I not. called it the iChart community because for the life of me, I can't say the letters. I in honestly order.
1: cannot say them. In order. I cannot I have remember. No idea.
0: how the- She yelled at me. She's like, "Those aren't the. That's not the right order." And I'm like, "But they're all there, right?" <laughs> does that matter does the does it matter what order they go in is is it what if the race? lesbian
1: wants to be ahead of the trans what, if, if, what, what but
0: what if they're going in vertical and the lesbian wants to be on the bottom because i think that's where i would be no we're not talking about we bottoms or tops in order of where they fall in the alphabet right why can't we go in alphabetical order yeah. that was that's a very good question i'm surprised you didn't think of b that that's should definitely come first yes Give those bisexuals some credit, okay? Absolutely. Put them first. And then Absolutely. clearly G. Yep. L.
1: What are the rest of the letters? For?
0: Q. And then T. The trans can be on the bottom. Or <coughs> on the tail. The trans can be on the tail. The, they can be on the Do we add a tail in there for furries? Dear God. Or is that a separate category? I think that's a separate category. <laughs> oh, okay. That's
1: another thing. <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. That's something
0: else. I don't know what the furries are. They also have tails, but and, who knows? Yeah. Um, No, but I, like, I just don't understand why we are I don't get it. getting get it. mad about things like labeling it yes. as LGBTQ. I think that was right. I think you got it. Was that right? No, I think you got it. I'm not going to do that ever again nope, in my life. Nope. Um, but I, why are we worried about labeling yeah. it that? But we're, we're not worried about making fun of the victims. I don't get it. it it's, it's ass backwards. It makes zero, zero sense, sense to me. Yeah. Anyway, the last thing I do want to mention is that while you've been MIA for two weeks, uh, my pre-order of the book came out. Yes. So, did. but only for Kindle on Amazon. All you local peeps, though can definitely get the pre-order of the paperback from me yes pre-ordered because obviously it's not printed yet and do we know the cost of the pre-order yes so the Kindle is 350 oh not bad it's at all. cheap yeah uh, well you usually do like a $1 dollar per hundred pages and this okay. is like 301 or something it's probably right. a little bit more now because I tweaked it um but the cost of the paperback is 13. Oh, okay. Still not bad. And I get better. um, If y'all hear squeaking, I'm sitting, we're in a different bathroom. We're like, we're on the bathroom tour. (laughs) We're We're still in my house though. We're going to start asking our listeners if we could come to your guys' bathrooms and (laughs) do the allegedly bathroom tour. We would be the only podcast that does that. You know how I feel about bathrooms, right? I wonder if I can live in them. Yes. And then this is not one I could live in. But mine downstairs in my bedroom, which is way smaller, you could live in. I don't think I could. Well, it's super. It makes me need to poop.
1: That's another thing. I
0: can't believe I just said that out loud to the people. Well, look at that. <laughs> I think we're out of time for today. Come back and join us next week where Ashley might share far too much. And maybe offend other communities. Who knows? <laughs> Oh, you love us and you know it. <laughs> and now all I hear is I'm sexy and I know it. I like but that. you love us and you know it. I like that song. That's a great story. Can we talk
1: about murder
0: now? <laughs> <laughs> well, we should probably just yeah. get in. what what's our what's our um case today? So, we are going to talk about, I think it's Johan, or Johan, but it's a woman, so it's Joanne. It's what J. What Does o- she have five different names? Yeah. Pronunciations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, her first name is J-O-H-A-N-N-E. Is that Joanne? Johan? Johan? Your guess is as good as mine. Well, I good no thing idea. she didn't go by that. Her middle name is Elizabeth. Uh, Her last name is Shippen, but she went by Bertha. (laughs) Where did she get Bertha? I'm sorry, that's not funny. (laughs) But where did she get Bertha? (laughs) On purpose? Yeah. Yeah, she went by that on purpose. Um, But before we get into this, I need you to know that this is an old-timey case again. Who calls it an old timey case? Is it morbid? I think it's morbid. It's an old case, so it's from the 1900s. Was her grandma's name Bertha, maybe? And <laughs> she does look like her? or I don't know. I'm still stuck on the Bertha. She could have gone by Liz, Elizabeth. Or Beth. Beth. Nope. Bertha. Okay, on purpose. She, she could have gone answered, by Joe. She answered to it. She <laughs> answered. <laughs> she, it. Did. she did. Um, but before you continue making fun of her, I just you should understand. probably let you know that she's a child. Poor girl. And so this is a child case. It's out of the 1900s. Like, I think it's 1922, oh, if I'm not correct, which is exactly when, yep, Interkaifeck happened in Germany. But we're in Australia. You and your damn Australian cases. I know. I'm sorry. They have giant spiders there. We're going to see if we can fit this into one episode. Okay. But I might have to chop it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see okay. how long it is. Okay. So, it is very possible that you have never heard of the town of Tawita. To what now? Tawita. That's not right. In South Australia. Tawita. Tawita. T-O-W-I-T-T-A. Tawita. Yeah, nope, never heard of it. Well, until I came across this case, I had never heard of it either. Luckily, I found a blog by Australian Alan Tiller. And his site says he's a paranormal investigator. Oh, <gasps> I should reach out to Alan Tiller. No. He's probably not alive anymore. Why? I didn't say he was from the 1900s. Oh yeah. I, guess I
1: just it went, said he was they Australian didn't have
0: computers then. Australia is still <laughs> a thing now. It is. It's not like it washed away and everybody's just gone. You nutcase. Will that happen? He's also <laughs> It could totally happen. Trying to ignore you because all the spiders would be gone then. All the giant oh, spiders. Oh yeah, Australia is known for crazy crap. But we like need that. to get the people and the animals safe, and, except for the spiders. So. Spiders. There's really large snakes there too. I'm not scared of those. Okay. So he's also an award-winning historian in Australia. So I used his eight-part series called "The Tragedy at Toweda. Oh. For most of this case, um, and because mainly he has seemed to like detail it quite well. Oh, okay. All right. So let's learn what we can from this very small town. Tawita is a rural location located approximately about like 74 kilometers. No, no. I need I need American measurement, please. Oh, so 49.9 miles. Okay. From the capital of Adelaide. So it covers about an area of 29.28 square kilometers? No, no. 18.1 square miles. Okay. It is a rural community dominated by growing cereal grain crops. Cereal Cereal grain? Yeah. All I think about is like cereal, like Cheerios, right? Yeah. Its name is taken from Tawiti. To what now? To a drug? It's a drug, isn't it? The native name for a permanent spring nearby. Like a water spring? You have so many questions today. Spring of the water? I think I would imagine that's what a spring is, right? I don't know. Not like the season. I mean, there's one that goes in my bed. That, yes, Amanda. It. It's a permanent coiled spring nearby. Did they You're have right. them in the 20s? No, that's a serious question. You, listen. That's a serious I question. I doubt, I don't think they did. I don't know. What the fuck do they sleep on? Maybe like cots. Cots. Why would you say that? Cot. Cot. Oh. I swear to God you did not say that. I said cots, not cocks. Yep, they all slept on giant penises that they grew out in the field. Oh, my gosh. Pull it together, Amanda. What is happening? I swear to God you didn't say that. You came out of COVID weird. (laughs) <laughs> you got messed up in the head. What is going on? We're not going to get through this case. I'm d- I'm good now. I'm I'm mm-hmm. serious. <laughs> the t- The town was surveyed by H.C. Talbot in March of 1876, and the Tawita Public School was open from 1880 to 1942. By 1902, around the time of the Tawita murder... The town had a population of 75 people. Oh my gosh, that's nothing. With only about 15 dwellings. That's homes, right? Yes, okay. dwellings is like where people live. Yes. That's Can not... you mathical? Are you a mathical minor, major, minor, mo mathical? No. No? Even All right. No, I was a manager of a bank. I'm not mathical. So, oh, that's plus. See, that's why I don't do mathicaling. Okay, so 75 divided by 15 is 5. So if each place had 5 people. Oh, okay. Somehow that doesn't have in my head correctly. That sounds wrong, but really the calculator said so. It's gotta, it's gotta be, gotta right, be right, then. right. The greatest population from the census, though, for Towedo was in 1911 when it had a population of 186 people. Oh, my. Yeah, they are just booming. Tawita, however, recently recorded a population of 28 Recently how recent I don't remember I apparently Where didn't. did the 128 people go? <sighs> dead? Are they what? dead? Is there something bad about this town that nobody wants to live there? Tawita, South Australia. I'm looking right now. Oh, it's 76 degrees right there right now. Their postal code was 5353 <laughs> Okay. It doesn't say no. Oh, right there. Population as of 2021. It's actually gone down since I did this. Oh, my God. It's at 26. 26 people. Why? Look at this is literally this is their Wikipedia. That's it.
1: Oh, my God. It's nothing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, Okay. Before we head into the tragedy that this town is known for, yes, it's known for that, uh, let's take a look at the family associated with it, all right? Okay. So the head of the house begins with Johan Mathis Shippen. Bertha. I think it's Johan. No, it's not Bertha. Bertha was a kid. She's oh, not the right, head of the house. Right, right, right. So I think it's Johan, and I think she's named after her father. But she's like Johan. But it's the female version. Yeah. Okay. So, of course, he went by his middle name more often than not. So, Matthias, Math- Matthias, Math- Matthias.
1: Something like that.
0: It's huh. like Matthew, but instead of a W, there's an A-S. Yeah. So, he know. was born actually in 1853 in Germany. And not much is known about his early life. However, tales are told that after his mother died, his father became, like, a super heavy drinker. Mm. So I guess that his dad found that it was better to drink away his sorrows rather than, oh, I don't know, keep a watchful eye on his children. Of course. So it was while, like, on his watch that Matthias's brother was allegedly killed and eaten by a wolf. Oh, my gosh. Probably on purpose on the wolf's part. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. So there's nothing to say that this tale is actually true. However, it makes for a really good story. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's in the 1800s. We don't even know if it's true. How good were they keeping records back then on stone? But, I imagine stones and chisels. But that's no, probably. That's the Flintstones. That's the cavemen. That's the Flintstones. Were the Flintstones cavemen? Yes. No, they weren't. Yes, they were. Cavemen? Yes. But they had pedaly cars. No, those were their feet. Right, but they had vehicles. No, no. Only in the cartoon, dear. Cavemen didn't have vehicles no. with pedaly things. No. And jobs, like real jobs. I'm the weird jobs. one. I'm the weird one? Yes. <laughs> okay. Tonight, you are the weird one. <laughs> like a coily spring? Where did they sleep, then? On cots. Cocks? I swear to God. (laughs) Okay. Yes, you're the weird one. It was at the age of three years old that his father moved him to Australia. So, but before any of that happened with Matthias, his future bride, Joanna Louise Elizabeth Daunt, was born in 1844 in Cottbus, Prussia? Prussia. Prussia. I don't know what that is or where that is. You've never heard of Prussia? I've heard of the King of Prussia, which is a mall in Philadelphia. Is it real? Yeah. It's huge. <laughs> it's a German state. Southeast of the Baltic Sea. Still? Prussia's a place. Jeepers Christmas. You're going to make me bring up... I don't know my... um. Over the sea geography. Okay, well, right here. So there's Bavaria, which is where we were for mm-hmm, Hinterkofach. Over here is East Prussia, West Prussia. Holy Hannah! I never knew that. And a lot of other words that I couldn't say if I tried. Okay, so it's a so real it's place. like over near the Russian Empire, things like that. Okay, you know okay. the Russian Empire is a thing. Yes, okay, I just didn't know where where I stopped there. So even less is known about her upbringing or life. So aside from the fact that she arrived in Australia to live in 1854 where her father worked. Oh. I'm unsure of how the two met though. I don't yeah. I don't know how they met. but they ended up getting wed in 1874 after Matthias Mathis shipping. He leased some land from the government. Okay, Which I didn't, that must be a back then thing. I don't think you can just lease land think he, from the yeah, government. I don't think can do that. So in 1888 he purchased the land and he built the family Pug and Pine Construction Home. Pug? Yeah. Pug and Pine. Dog and Pine? <laughs> I knew! I knew you were they killed dogs to make a house? I don't know like anything about this. This is this is not going well. This is a no. This is a no. I'm so sorry, please stop. Oh, I can't. What would they do with a punk? They're so tiny. Give me a second, would you do, like compose my- Did they skin it and use the fur? I don't understand. You're going to let me explain? Well, I guess. Because I knew, so the scenarios knew. going through my head. Pug and pine was a common technique for building houses and huts when the first slatter, slatter, settlers arrived in the Flinders Ranges. The trunks of calatris pines are cut for the uprights and the gaps are filled with wet earth and other material to form a solid wall. pug and pine it has nothing to do with has dog. nothing to do with a dog not even a little okay, bit okay but what's that other stuff that wooden stuff that you put on your wall the tongue and groove there's no tongues involved in anybody's grooves there's a tongue and groove thing you don't know what tongue and groove is sweet baby jesus i should have read this out loud to you before we tongue and groove you've never heard of that tongue and groove pine Tongue and groove, pine, tongue, tongue and groove. Looks like that. Oh yes, I know what that is. Okay, okay, yeah, I know what that is. Has nothing to do with no, tongues. Sure doesn't. Could you imagine if I told you that their house was made of tongue and groove? You would have thought they were cutting tongues out and then grooving. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. Pug and pine. I was legitimately scared. I know, <laughs> I know it you were. I know you were. was so scared because you promised me that no dogs were going to be harmed or talked about. Oh, no, I didn't. But, okay. So the ship home had a number of, like, sheds surrounding it. The men of the house were slowly, like, building a new house for the family, but they lived in the old house. So, essentially, the parents and the daughters all lived within the main house, and the boys all shared a large shed a few meters out Just back. while they were building the new house. Right. Oh. They were trying to build a brand new house for everybody. But So, the couple went on to be, like, quite busy. You know? Like, top like- and bottom busy. In, in, in the sacks. While they slept on the cocks. She was sleeping on the cocks and getting a little bit of I her. know exactly what <clears throat> you mean. All right. So she ended up birthing a total of seven children. On purpose. Yep. Between 1875 and 1888. I feel like that's a good distance, right? Sure. What is that? That's 13 years. That's Eight kids many. in 13 years. That's too many children. There are people out here having kids like every year. No. I don't like, no. So, of course, they did not keep naming their children easy. So, the first born was Pauline Augusta, born in 1875. Second was Maria Augusta, known more as Mary, born in 1877. Third came Carl Martin, known as Fritz. And <laughs> Why are you giving them names and not using them? Don't we know why we do that? <laughs> why are we doing that? I don't know. Ask Leroy. <laughs> Orlando. Orlando. I mean, but that's still, that's still, that's like me having a daughter named Abigail, but we call her Abby. Okay, that's, okay. Or yeah. Mackenzie. Kenzie. Right. But Tara likes to be called Leroy. I don't think she likes that anymore.
1: She's really going to hate me after this episode.
0: Okay, so Fritz was born in 1879. The fourth born was Heinrich Gustav, more known just as Gustav, and he was born in 1881. The fifth was August Wilhelm, known as Augie, born in 1883. Sixth was Wilhelm Johann Gottlieb, known as Will. He was born in 1886. And then finally, number seven, the baby of them all, johan johan elizabeth more known as bertha in 1888 (sighs) how do their parents keep all those names i don't know but i'm hoping that you can remember everybody as i go you should have been taking notes so many many people in australia labeled the Shippen family as german they're like you're german well they were german Right, but they were actually. One of their names was Johan. Right. I mean, Johan. I'm pretty sure that's how they pronounce it. I think so. However, they were actually of Wendish descent. Of what now? Wendish. So, according to Wendishheritage.org.au, the Wends are connected with the branch of Western Slavs, which includes the Poles, the Czechs, and the Slavics. So in a spin, the Wendish were often regarded by Germans as a strange group due to being prone to superstition and belief in witchcraft, which put them offset with God-fearing Lutherans. Oh brother. <laughs> Sounds like a whole lot. Wow. I don't even know. I I have nothing with that. I have nothing. I, have I feel like I feel like somehow I'm so confused. I feel <laughs> like, I'm so confused. I I feel like it would be like Aunt Tammy is in the God-fearing Lutherans. And oh, then for sure, she isn't in the Wens. I would be in the Wens. Mm, but would you? I probably would. One of my one of my um high schoolers just asked me if I could create a spell. To and I don't even remember what it was for. It was like they're like, can you create a spell for me to cough? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is what we talk about at six in the morning. What made this child think (laughs) that you have the witchery? Um, I feel like ways to write spells. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) It was a senior. way worse way worse i was thinking okay this like first grader like no, um, twelfth oh grader. my god was it somebody like ryan no that but you would easy. like this person because that makes it 20 times alex worse. likes to um every time alex sees a dog alex Poppers. screams miss ashley let me get the dog and take it home i love it I always say, hi, Puppers. Yeah, he's crazy like that. So. I would like, I would like. So, Matthias was much like some people I know and had one dominant emotion. Anger. Oh. He became easily enraged and was, like, super, like, strict when disciplining his seven children. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, granted, it was, like, the 1800s, so. So, everybody was probably pretty strict. Yeah. I would say. So, it's really a bad combination, though, when you get super angry and you like to discipline. I don't yeah, think, that's not. I don't think that's They don't go hand good. in hand. No. No. So, he was also very religious. <laughs> On the <laughs> when side or the Lutheran side? Well, they consider him religious, What whens, But he I, doesn't say. Some type of God. Something. Okay. Probably more Catholic than anything. Oh, I know I, I would that. imagine. I don't know. I mean, I know a lot about, I mean, I know a little bit about Catholics. I feel like they're more Catholic than anything over there, I would imagine. I don't know. I couldn't tell you I anything. couldn't tell you either. Matthias know. was known to everyone all over Tawita. However, few called him friend because most people just avoided the man altogether. Oh, God. Was he, like, resting bitch face all the time so they just avoided him because he looked mean? Yeah, I don't think it's resting bitch face. I don't think just it was a bitch. that. Yeah, I think he was just a total straight up ass. Oh. So everybody was like, nope. So in 1896, when Matthias was 43, he got into trouble when his anger got the best of him. All I picture is my ex-husband. Yes. So he was walking to a neighbor's home one Sunday evening to pick up two of his children and bring them back home. Right? But for some reason, Matthias thought it was necessary to take a rifle with him. For what reason? Was he going to To collect attacked? his kids. Damn, he was struck, I guess. You see this <laughs> rifle? You Get your butt out here now. Yeah, well, actually, on the way there, he came in contact with three young men. Carl Hartwig, Carl's brother Herman, and their friend William Radomi, all of whom were about 20 years old. The three young men began to taunt Matthias, yelling things, trying to get him to fire the rifle in their direction. On purpose? Why would you want a rifle fired at you? <laughs> I don't know. Herman, come on now. So when the taunts didn't work, they began throwing stones at him? <laughs> what is wrong with people? Yeah, granted, <laughs> I guess what I did when I tried to get a guy to fire a gun at me. In the 1800s, Same though, time. doesn't this sound like something that would happen nowadays? Yes! We have not gotten very far. No, we have not come far at all. So, Matthias actually warned them to stop, but the boys kept on, kept on, until finally Matthias had had enough, and he fired his rifle into the ground to make them shut up. Okay, kind of like a, uh, scaring, scaring, scaring them, like a warning. Yeah, well, when he fired the gun, they all ran towards him and then pushed him. And then, as they turned and ran away, the anger in Matthias boiled over and he fired his gun once more to the ground. This time, however, the bullet ricocheted off of the ground and hit Carl Hartwig in the calf. Oh my God. So, of course, Matthias was arrested for this. However, he was later released on bail. Eventually, he appeared in the Adelaide Supreme Court. However, the prosecutor dropped the charges. The judge, however, Sir James Penn Buco gave Matthias a stern lesson in warning him about firing his rifle in the manner that he had. He had warned him that the young men could have been killed under different circumstances and that this would have meant that Matthias could have been hung. Yikes. Which, I mean, I, he was taunted. So isn't anybody going to talk to the kids who were throwing stones at his head? I mean, I have that no, could have killed him too. I have no idea. Anyway, the event with the rifle and the three boys made people avoid him even more. Of course. So he became more withdrawn, and the whole family found it hard to trust anybody. So, unlike Matthias, his wife was much loved in the town. Mainly for her hospitality. Hmm. So she was the one that the kids came to for anything they needed, like encouragement, support, parental love, just absolutely anything, which I think can almost be, I mean, I feel like most kids go to their mother, not Abby. No, not Abby. But most no. kids go to their mother for yeah. most things like that. Yeah. Um Matthias was more disconnected from them in those ways. However, that was more the norm for that time period overall. Um, He really only gave the kids attention when he was dispensing punishment. Of course. So when the charges against him were dropped, his wife was quite, like, relieved. So I imagine the thought of him being sent away or hung for his actions would have been, like, quite an issue for her. Like, anxiety and concern-wise. Yeah. Because... She would have seven children to raise alone. Could you imagine if Matt died and you had to, like, raise your three children alone? She had seven. I know. So I'm a single mother of two, and that stresses me out alone. So I don't know what I would do with seven. And if any of them were, like, multiples of Landon. Oh, my God. Not funny. That's that's not funny. funny. That's not funny. There's nothing I can say right here. There's nothing I can say right here. Nothing. Like oh I you have money. a whole head of white hair. It would be worse than that. I think they, I, my hair thoughts. would my hair would just jump out willingly. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, f this, I'm out. <laughs> You're a lone woman. <laughs> so in 1899 the oldest ship and daughter, Pauline, died of TB tuberculosis. Is that what that is? Yes. Thank you for clearing that up. Sorry. Not everybody really knows what that is. I was really actually hoping you would because I never say it correctly. (laughs) Oh. It never comes out right. So I was really hoping you would say it. Because I can't. So she was only 24 when she died. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Some of the other kids had moved on from the family and found work in like other areas. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gustav was working on a farm near Kenton it's about 13 minutes from where they lived Oh, Fritz was working in Barossa Valley about 34 minutes from home but I'm assuming that these kids that still lived at home like but they were gone most of the day to work I don't know if they actually lived where they were I just think they just went to work right but Augie and Will still lived at home full time okay they actually were rarely seen in the community why they were considered to be undereducated and somewhat mentally disadvantaged. Oh, they were a little slow. But I don't know what that means back in that time. Like, so could they just not like read and meant, write? Or no, were I bet, they totally it, weird? Back or? then, it could have just meant they were just different than what most people were. So Most that could people? Be, there were like 16 people in the town. Right. Like. <laughs> so like, if everybody has kind of like the same thoughts and views and personality, right. when somebody comes along who's like, Matt introverted and doesn't really like people could you imagine if matt and i went <laughs> to the town oh god we would be we're two ends of the spectrum yes okay. would one of us be accepted and the other not you would be accepted he would not. would they though would they, they accept would. me or they would, they would they be like what the F is that put. Oh her no, they're in a still cage. gonna say that. They're gonna, they're like gonna say that. Cage gonna, her up. They're <sighs> gonna be more comfortable with you because you're easygoing. You make conversation. Oh, maybe you're personable. Him he... until they saw the witchcraft. <laughs> until you start writing those spells, and then they're like the wind. <laughs> we love you, Aunt Tammy. Yeah. I don't. I don't write spells. I just practice them. Hmm. I don't, I don't think that's any better. I don't write them. <laughs> Although, if we're being honest, I would be the one to write them because I'm a writer. I would write this spells. What, what would I do? What would I do? Do you remember the spells that I wrote? Oh, I don't know what you would do. You would be the one practicing them to make sure they worked. Remember my children's book that's not published? Because I don't have illustrations yet. If anybody wants to help me out with that. Uh, but I put spells in that book. Remember? The I never we- read that book. Oh, well, I'll have to read that to you. <laughs> Spoiler alert. There's spells. <laughs> right, then. Okay. So the other girls, Mary and Bertha, worked together in in Gaston inside the Yolumba fruit canning factory. Oh, okay. About 22 minutes from home. I don't know what a Yolumba <laughs> fruit is. Do you? Is that just the name of the company? It very well could be. I feel like that's something I should have looked up. Yolumba... I spelled it with a T, so now it's Tolumba, and I pushed to go. So, <laughs> um, Yolumba fruit. It yeah, it is. It's, it's just, just the, the name of the company. Yeah, and it's still around since oh, 1849. Wow. Holy Hannah, old. It's um actually wine. It's premium <laughs> wines. Oh, premium wines. So, some of the workers commented about how the sisters didn't seem to be, like, sisters or act like it at all. I wonder, did they act, like, estranged, like they didn't really know each other? No, they actually acted like mother and daughter. Oh. Yeah. So, that's probably because Mary was 22 years old at the time, and Bertha was only 11. Oh, yeah, because she's the baby. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, the two girls seemed actually to be polar opposites. Oh. Then again, there's 10 years between them, so that could be it. One could be more developed personality-wise than the other. Mary was said to be tall with deep brown eyes and attractive. uh, She's attractive because her eyes are brown? And she was just said to be attractive for she was said to be attractive. Oh. Um and Bertha was not. Um <clears throat> I'll tell you about Bertha in a second. Okay. Uh so Mary, deep brown eyes, tall, attractive. Maybe it was the tallness because, you know, models are usually tall. Uh she was said to be super quiet, always nervous, never leaving home at night. So I'm going to show you a picture of her. Oh god. Because holy stunning. Are you joking? Was this a trick? Are you tricking me just to see what I would do? No, that's really hard. Are you serious? That looks like a Halloween monster. <laughs> Can I see it again? Slowly. <laughs> I slowly put it in my face. <laughs> I'm drooling it. I can't swallow. I was legitimately <laughs> scared. Uh, turn it. Into- <laughs> Oh, no. She's attractive. Nope, nope. I bet you she's attractive for eighteen ninety nine. No, she isn't. She isn't. <laughs> she looks like she would write spells. <laughs> she's a wins. She's not. She's not cute. <laughs> no, and I, I'm being nice when I say she's not cute. She's <laughs> not cute. She legitimately just up and screamed in everybody's <laughs> ear holes. I'm really sorry. I was so scared. It's she's not cute. This is their mother. That's a man. That's a man. No, it was. No, Turn it around again. It's a man. No, it's not. See her hair <laughs> in the dress. No, that's a man. No, it's that's not. a man. I'm sorry, that's a man. Oh my god. Here's a lot of the family. I'm so sorry, people. Y'all are gonna be able to see this. That's obviously Mary there in the middle. Her parents right there, and I think that's Augie and Will. Okay, well the one with the long beard, he's the one that looks the norm- most normal. Oh, the shooter! Oh! Perfect, the, the rifle holder. Okay. Yeah, there he is. <clears throat> yeah, he's a good looking man. He's terrifying to the people in town, but well, okay. I would have been more terrified of the two you just showed me, so just oh, throwing maybe. that out there. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We had to pause. <clears throat> I'm really sorry for screaming. I was that's legitimately so terrified. so mean. this is so mean i'm really sorry 18.99 they didn't have makeup or hair tools i don't think that would have helped (laughs) i'm just gonna be honest i can't wait for everybody to see what you're screaming at you legitimately burst out and screamed like i thought it was a monster it's you looked it you screamed like michael myers yes i'm terrified of him I'm yeah. terrified of him, yet I'm going to see the new movie when it comes into theaters next week. So oh, yeah, I want to do that. I want to do that. Anyway, Bertha was an outgoing young lady. Again, she was 11. She was strong-willed and physically strong. She was also considered to be the favorite child of her father. Do we have a picture of Bertha? No, I couldn't really find one. I bet she was the gorgeous one. <laughs> she probably was. She probably was. Um, so gorgeous they couldn't take a photo of her. So, she was the baby of the family, so that might have had something to do with the fact that she was the favorite. It was also said that she was able to calm her father easily, like, just by smiling at him. Oh, okay. That's (laughs) good. Is that good? I don't know. Yes, I don't know. I don't know. That, that's. Sets me the wrong way a little bit. I I don't think there's anything, like, salacious that was going on. I think that she was just the favorite, <laughs> and he would be enraged and then look at her, and she would just smile that smile that he loves and was like... <sighs> no, okay. if I did that, if somebody did that to me while I was enraged, I would get angry that they were laughing at me. I mean, I don't, <clears throat> I don't think it was... I just... Almost like puppy dog eyes. You know what I mean, but with a I'm smile. A dog, I do. No, you know when like kids give you puppy dog <gasps> eyes when they Maybe want like something. When
1: Ryan says hi, mama.
0: Yes, but with a smile. Yes, I know what that is. Okay, so that's what it was then. So by the time 1902 rolled around. Matthias Shippen had been in Tawita for 27 years and had cultivated a 65,000 square meter farm. Okay, English. 16 acres. Oh, it sounds way bigger when you say it in the other way. 65,000 yeah. square meter? Yeah, that's, we'll have to go with that. That makes it sound She's huge. like the entire Australia? Yes. <laughs> yes, that's what it sounds like. No, it's not. It's not it's 16 acres. That's not a lot. Just FYI, my grandparents owned 86. So. And my father-in-law owns 100. Yeah, so. yeah, 16, it, though. That's, a, that's probably a lot in 1902. I mean, I think that growing up, we had like 13 acres. Granted, how many acres could you legitimately have in Australia? The whole thing is how many acres? I don't know why I asked that. I don't know the answer. Oh, I thought you were going to, like, tell me, like, it's a little bit of trivia here. Sweet baby Jesus. <clears throat> How many acres is Australia? Are you kidding? That's not right. Right? No, that can't be right. How big is an acre? It says that it Australia has 1.9 billion acres. Billion? I mean, my property here is half an acre. Oh, I guess a I just lot. I guess I just thought the acres are bigger. Acres aren't that big. I, know, I mean, well, 1.9 billion acres hmm. in Australia. Interesting. Now I'm interested to see like <clears throat> how many acres is the US. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, he had recently begun building that newer home. Remember? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Because his pug and pine structure is now 14 years old. So it was crumbling. I imagine, like, the wet, muddy earth is no longer wet and muddy. It's probably just, like, chipping away. Yeah. Can't imagine that. I mean, it withstood for, like, 14 years, which I think That seems like a long time for that type of... Yeah. Yeah. That seems like a long time, yeah. So the new home would actually have two large underground water tanks and a partially underground dairy as well. I don't know. Dairy? That's like it, yeah. milking up the cows? <laughs> I don't know. That Why is. would you need the cows to be underground? <laughs> I don't think the cows are under there. I don't know. I don't know. Right before this, however, on December 27th, 1901, Matthias and Johan left their home in Towita. Okay? They were traveling 25 minutes away to Flaxman's Valley. Why were they going there? Well, they had planned to stay with friends while bringing in New Year's. Oh, okay. And then they were going to go back home on January 2nd. So back home at the homestead in Tawita were the four children alone. So now mind you, when I say children, you're... Could have been early 20s down to like, like 11 year old. Well, 11, right? your good looking Mary friend uh, was 22 at the time of... Well, she was older now because...
1: How old was she in that scary picture? <laughs>
0: I don't know. But in 1899, she was 22, and we are now almost in 1902, so she's a little older. She's a little older. Okay. So, on January 1st, the boys, Augie and Will, they took their rifles and they went hunting for meat. They were trying to kill rabbits, foxes, and birds. To eat? Yeah. What do you think they ate in the 1900s? Beef. They didn't just eat bees. Piggy piggies. Lambs. Okay, well, foxes, birds, and rabbits. I hear rabbits taste like chicken, but I don't know. So I found this to be interesting since they were said to be undereducated and mentally disadvantaged. So who taught them how to use the gun? I don't know. (coughs) I suppose it wasn't as bad as maybe I'm thinking in my head. We don't know at this point. I mean, they were allowed to use rifles, so it can't be that bad undereducated, but they learned how to use a rifle without yeah. killing others. However, with their parents gone and it being the early 1900s, they would have had to step up as the men of the house. So they were not gone long, however. They left after breakfast that morning and returned about lunchtime. Oh, that's not long. They probably had enough of it. But they did manage to bring back a few parrots that they killed. Are you serious? Parrots? The beautifully colored majestic birds in the rainforest? They're eating parrots? I don't like anything about this family. I don't like not one thing. Not one thing. <clears throat> this isn't this is not okay. Parrots? Yes. <laughs> so Will took them out to the shed to pluck off their feathers. <laughs> I just picture all these red and blue and yellow feathers on the crown. He then took the carcasses inside to clean them. Mary later put them in the meat safe. <laughs> what the hell is going on? What is a meat safe? Do you mean the freezer? <laughs> didn't have that in 1902. What? What do they have? A meat safe! I don't know what that is! What the hell is a meat safe? Oh my god! Oh. What is it, like a hole in the ground? I put 1991. That's not right. <sighs> kind of, I guess. Sure. I don't know. I, it's not bringing anything up. I have no idea. And hell if Google knows. So afterwards, the two boys headed to a friend's home for the rest of the afternoon. They were not expected to return until later that evening. So now it's just Mary and Bertha. Okay? Okay. And they stayed home most of the day until Bertha went later in the evening to play with some friends in the nearby paddocks. What? Paddocks. Paddocks. What is that? Paddocks. Um, they're just fields or enclosures where horses are kept. What pastures? <laughs> why, why are we? Why are we calling them weird names? This is like, this is like ground clouds and fog, all over again. All over again. <laughs> so Bertha returned home mm-hmm. later in the evening to help Mary with the household chores and taking care of the animals. So around 7 p.m., Bertha made her way to the bedroom that she and Mary shared while Mary waited on the porch for her brothers to return. Around 8 p.m., Will and Augie came home, where they ate some cake in the kitchen before heading to the shed for the night. So the house was quiet with the girls asleep, as was the shed where the boys were sleeping. Until about 10 p.m. anyway. At that time, Mary suddenly woke up after she felt a large weight pressing down on her. Is it the presence? Seriously. Doesn't it sound like... It sounds like... <sighs> mine doesn't press on me. It just lays on me. Mm. She screamed a terrifying scream like when Amanda first saw her. Um, She might have saw a reflection. And when she screamed, someone grabbed her by the wrists, pulling her out of the bed as Bertha slept next to her. Did she stay asleep? The person threw her across the dark room And with a thud, he slammed into the old family sewing machine. Mary's continued screams finally woke Bertha. Bertha's voice joined in the panic as they both screamed bloody murder and yelled for their brothers. Did the brothers come? The person yelled back, Shut up or I'll kill you! Why? Who was it? As they forced Mary into the kitchen... It was there that she saw the flash of the knife in their hand before it fell. Hitting the floor of the house. <laughs> oh my god, what's happening? Who is this person? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? This is, this is the whole... This, what do you mean you don't know? Yeah, I don't know. So Mary found herself able to flee, leaving the intruder in the house. With Bertha. Alone with her now 13-year-old sister, Bertha. So as she ran from the home, she continually... Continually? uh, 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 Yep, that worked. She continually yelled to the sleeping boys in the shed in order to wake them and tell them about the intruder. Augie was hard to wake, but finally he woke up, like, super groggy. And he was not quick to move because he didn't believe his sister. But finally... He heard screaming from Bertha, which convinced him to get up and get dressed. Okay, okay, but where's Will? Good question. So in the initial investigation, Mary stated that instead of entering the home to help Bertha, that Augie ran to a nearby farm to summon for help. However, the neighbor refused and turned the boy away. It was only then that they traveled the kilometer-long distance to the home of the District Constable Lambert and his parents. The local law enforcement wouldn't come to the house until the next day.
1: <clears throat> I can't say I'm shocked with that.
0: So when they did come to the house, that's when they ended up finding Bertha dead. Was she stabbed with a knife that was fell, fall, fell on the ground? The girl who was just about two weeks shy of her 14th birthday lay slain in the family home. She had been stabbed and slashed 40 times. Blood was found all over the sofa, the bed, and the walls. When they arrived in the parents' bedroom, they also found blood on that floor. So according to more detailed reports, the assailant that Mary continually described as strong and bearded, the one that cut Bertha's throat from ear to ear, he severed her car- carotid artery. Yeah. Carotid, 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 carotid artery. artery. She struggled with the intruder through three different rooms and suffered three slashes to the throat. And one under her chin that was around like 90 millimeters long, which is 3.5 inches. Okay. Her ears had been slashed. Ears? Yeah. And one large cut was across the back of her neck. The intruder then stabbed her multiple times in the back of the neck. Her left and right cheeks had been slashed as her, her hands had been slashed as well um, because she was trying to cover herself. Yeah. Um, she was also covered in stra- just scratches in general. In a later report, it was discovered that she had not suffered any attempted rape or sexual molestation Throughout the entire ordeal. But that many stabbings to one person, that seems really personal. It seems super personal and super overkill. So, okay, I'm just going to let you continue because I have so many questions. Bertha later passed away on her parents' bedroom floor after bleeding out from her neck wounds. The Shippen's kids and Constable Lambert returned to the family <coughs> farm. uh, The Constable's family farm. Where his parents offered comfort to the horrified siblings... Because they just lost their sister. In the meantime, they headed, the constable headed out by horse to Truro, to the local police station. Okay. Elsewhere. To make a report and get help. Because they were like, what the F is this? Yeah, yeah. So the next day, Augie headed out to bring his mother and father back. And alert them of Bertha's brutal, horrific murder. Henrich, one of the other brothers, he also made his way home from where he was working as soon as he heard what happened. So the officer in charge in Truro, Mounted Constable Mowbray, headed out first thing in the morning to Tawita to secure the crime scene at the shipping house. Which, I mean, I don't know how many days we are later. Yeah, Really. Upon inspection, he found two knives in the kitchen, one small on the kitchen table and one large in the meat safe. Which by the way, I did look it up. It's just a cabinet that is it's stored in a dark, cold, dry corner of the home to okay. keep the meat cooler until okay. the until the discovery of ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. <clears throat> there was blood on the wood in the fireplace. Blood on a towel which I'm super surprised they even had towels. I was, yeah, thinking the same thing. Blood on the bedding, but they had bedding, um, in both bedrooms. A bloody towel and remnants of clothing spread about the girl's bedroom. So Dr. Steele had arrived from Angaston, and he recorded the cause of death. Okay. Matthias was the one to formally identify his daughter, the baby of the family, his favorite, which I don't even know. How do you do that? I don't even know. I would not want to try to identify a child of mine that's been murdered, but to identify a child of mine who was hacked to death, yeah, like no. legitimately like hacked to death, no. I can't imagine what her, like if he was angry before. Yeah. Yeah. He's he is gonna... straight up pissed off. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Um. However, because he's him, yeah. he did it with complete no emotion. Because he's him. He just did it without all emotion. Wow. So soon after the coroner arrived, Mr. William Mulligan, who almost immediately set in motion an inquest into the event gathering. So they just want to know what the hell happened here. Yeah. So, like any other town, news traveled fast, because if we learned anything from Germany... They like to talk. Yeah. So, it actually didn't just go throughout the town, because there were, what, 75 people? Yeah. Uh, it went through the entire 1.9 billion acres of Australia. Oh, my God. So, the story of the savage murder of a teenage girl, kind of just like like a termite through wood. And that's what this town is now known for. Can you imagine? Well, that explains why nobody wants to live there. Yeah. That night, as neighbors gathered to console the grieving shipments, two other neighbors prepared Bertha's body for burial. So it was like a super hot summer. And unlike today, there was no electric refrigerated morgues. So a quick turnaround time was... Essential for burial, yeah. But mind you, how many days had she already been sitting? Right, because it was like starting to smell. It was like she was buried or she was murdered, and then the constable was like, "Well, we're not going until tomorrow." But then there was another tomorrow with the other people coming, and so I can't imagine how many days it was. Um, but I was thrown by this fact for a hot minute, and that's probably just because I'm American. So if you recall, the murder actually took place on January first, right? Yeah. So when I read about it being summer, I was like, "Wait, what?" Oh, because they're they're yeah, they're, yeah they're I always forget that Australia's opposite of yeah. us. I cannot imagine what summer would be like in January. Yeah, I would it's not just be. So weird, that's right? so weird. So yeah. that's why I was like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. I quickly actually had to Google it. Yep. Oh yeah. I actually remembered that. I knew that. And I'm kind of pissed off about it. Because, like, when we're up to our knees in the snow, they're basking in the heat of summertime. Get that. I don't like the word basking. Basking. Like. No. It's. Oh, I was thinking basting. <laughs> i really, really like that, too. But... I really like turkey skin. <laughs> Me, too. I was, like. It is a weird word. Why would we call it that? We don't baste ourselves. <clears throat> and now I'm thinking Kramer in the butter stuff. <laughs> and the rooftop. And he smelled like turkey. Oh, I would lick that. Okay. Continue. I <laughs> can't believe I said that. We should not be together anymore. <laughs> We should. We should probably go our separate ways, kind That's of like Justin happening. Timberlake and NSYNC. I do love Justin Timberlake. He went his separate ways. And
1: he was. I mean, I like okay. NSYNC
0: too. But... So on Friday the third, families gathered at the ship and home and sang hymns as they mourned over the body of Bertha. After the short service, the families of mourners followed the body of Bertha. To the Sedan Lutheran Cemetery, where she was laid to rest. In the meantime, a number of police troopers, detectives, just just people, like important people, they all like descended onto Tuita, bringing the investigating force of fifteen men.
1: That's like as many people that lived in the town.
0: <laughs> I know. Detective Priest ran the investigation and set up an office in the family's kitchen. So, meanwhile, the shippings began to live their lives in the shed that the boys shared. So, they used another outbuilding for, like, their kitchen and their food preparation, which I can't imagine. Like, could you imagine having to go, well, I gotta go to the kitchen now. Let me go outside. And that's a whole lot of work. Can I, can I, um, where is Will? Don't know. where... Is nobody happened. else wondering why he's not? Ar- where did he go? <laughs> yeah, he just—he didn't help out with us. He did, did He, he was asleep? there. <laughs> he had a long day of parrots. <laughs> you know. Sorry. Right. Soon the media arrived in town. There's media in the 1900s. Wasn't there always some sort of media? Did the Flintstones have media? The media cavemen? Did they? I don't know. That was a fly I killed. I would really prefer if you didn't kill things during our true crime podcast. (laughs) Think of it like a parrot. It's still moving down there. Or a pug. I. But it's not. (laughs) It's a blood sucking maggot fly with wings. I've never heard of such a thing in my life. (laughs) So, they began to, like, inquire about the Shippens, right? So, the Shippens actually answered every question thrown at them and allowed numerous photographs to be taken. I cannot imagine what it takes to take a photograph in the 1900s. Oh, my God. I'm sure it was a whole, yeah, charade. Yeah. However... The media also kind of interviewed every single person they encountered in Sedan, which is five minutes from Tawita. So they were like just looking for a scoop. They were just like interviewing anybody they came in contact with. Do you know the shipments? Do you know what happened? Do you know where Will is? So (laughs) it was not a big deal. Yeah. So in fact. As the inquest really took hold and the public's greed for news about the shipping story took center stage, three people had been added to the Angaston Telegram Exchange to get the news back to the newspapers. Sounds serious. It is super serious. So the real inquest into the matter begun and the Adelaide City Coroner, Dr. William Smith. Will Smith? ha <laughs> ha. That's not funny doctor dr will smith slap i was gonna say something okay he said he came to tweed as a witness and this was because he had been asked to a witness of what well he came to like identify bloodstains on the girls clothes so okay So then two other people arrived, M.R.J. Sinclair from Adelaide, and he was acting for the police, and M.R.A. Foster acting on behalf of the shipments. So I'm assuming these are, like, lawyers. Okay. Yeah, yeah. A jury soon arrived, consisting of eight men. I feel like this is, like, just, like, a puppet show. Yes. Like, here's these people, and then all these people just arrived. It just arrived. So weird. It is so weird. <laughs> um, Especially just thinking about, like, how we do things now. Now. Yeah. yeah. So, apparently, they didn't trust anybody in the town. I mean, they didn't have enough for a football team. Let alone... Oh, my God. They didn't have football. They did not probably have football. What did they do? They carried rifles to go pick up no. their children. No. And they killed parrots. And made houses out of pine and Wet earth. That's what they did. Um. So, the entire group of people, if you will, and the shipments, all went into one of the outbuildings. <laughs> I don't know. Was it the kitchen? Was it the kitchen? Ones? I don't know how big this is. That would become, like, the main place for the inquest to be held. You know what an inquest is, right? Just a questioning. Yeah. Yeah, they're just questioning them. Yeah. All of these people in the little outhouse thing. So just outside of the building, a number of photographers and journaf- journalists name. waited for information. So picture this. Small town Tawita is being rushed with people who wanted to hear any news about the murder of Bertha, a child. Five minutes away in Sudan, the town was also being overrun with people. 22 minutes away in a bigger city, the inns and lodges of Angaston were filling to the brim with more people waiting for information about the murder.
1: Oh, my God. All these
0: people were just coming and filling the towns for just information. They just wanted to know what the hell was happening. Me, too. (laughs) I'm still waiting. You're like, can I get a room, please? Yeah. I need to check in because I need information. So the next bit was a little bit confusing for me, since it almost seems as though a trial is sort of happening, but it also seems like it's just the questioning still. Yeah. Which maybe what it was is like this is a mock trial before the real one. Or it was just them being like, so this happened, right? Say it happened. Did it happen? It happened, right? Yes, it
1: did.
0: Yeah. So as the investigation began, <coughs> or as it was called in nineteen oh two, the inquest. I don't like about Nineteen year old Augie was the first to be questioned. Okay. Not not Mary? Seriously. I um, wouldn't The, king, to the guy first? did not even want to get up. Yeah, I would have went right to Mary. So the interrogation, so to speak, was overseen by Coroner Mulligan with the first, like with Detective Fraser taking the disposi- dispositions
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Detective Priest acting as clerk. Okay. I feel like we're just giving people titles. Wh- like, Why are we doing that? I don't know. Okay. This is why things are different now. Okay. 16-year-old Wilhelm was next for questioning. August and Wilhelm both told stories that differed slightly from that of Mary's original story. You don't say. Yeah. What did Will say? So they stated that they had come home and the girls were already in bed. So they helped themselves to the cake before heading to bed themselves. Remember, Mary stated that she waited for the brothers to get home. Yeah. And then helped them with the cake before they all went to bed. So Dr. Steele was next to be questioned. And his statements proved to be quite damning for Mary. So, after describing his initial examination of Bertha as she lay dead on the floor, he then described the post mortem examination. And it was his examination of Mary on the morning after the murder that was really like breaking news. So, Dr. Steele stated that some of the strips of clothing found near Bertha's body were actually missing from Mary's night clothing. Mary also had scratches on her arms and bruising on her knees and upper thighs. But the biggest issue was Mary complained of a sore neck. And Dr. De- Dr. Steele discovered that Mary's hair had not been pulled or even out of place. And that the back of her neck had been recently washed. So, the so, mother Ma- Mathis and Johan uh, jo- jo- Joanne were called upon next, but they offered no idea. As to they, weren't there. they weren't there, they also didn't have a motive for the attack. Uh, they were not coming home. They weren't coming home until after the attack would have happened. Um. And they had to go on whatever their children had said. So the inquest went well into the night, hours and hours, and was only adjourned until the next day because there wasn't enough light to allow the clerks to take notes. So the next day, the questioning began again at 8 a.m. Mary was called to witness at 1020 a.m. This is so weird because I'm they're in a kitchen. <laughs> Kind of like we're in the bathroom. Yes. Absolutely. We, you can see that we've grown as a society. Yes. So she wore a brown dress and a white apron and was sworn in to the kitchen. <laughs> Which is so weird because they, during questioning, they normally don't swear you in. Yeah. So why That's why didn't... I'm like wondering, is this a mock trial? Because. Did they
1: have mock trials then?
0: Apparently they did, because we're in the kitchen, swear you in, put your put your hand on the... Maybe the town didn't have a courtroom, so they just did it at the home. I don't know. I don't know. They could have held it anywhere else, I feel like. Yeah, they could. So during this... But then they wouldn't have been calling it an inquest. It would have been a trial. Right. So during this time, an, actually, an argument broke out. Yeah. Between... Two random people. People that have nothing to do with this. Yeah. Oh, okay. Solicitors. They're just people wanting to know (laughs) what the F is going on. Me too. And it was over Mary giving evidence that may or may not incriminate her. And both men argued the point to the coroner. So Detective Frazier then told Mary she does not need to say anything she thinks may incriminate her. Mary answered all of the questions for the next four and a half hours how, yep how what the hell are they asking her she actually never waved like she she never showed much emotion I imagine she that she was like her father you know she just didn't she just sat there and answered the questions called it a day and her story hadn't changed. But one piece of evidence was about to be actually, like, brought forward that would change the case. And the cause of the biggest media sensation in South Australia that they had ever seen. And? So Mary revealed that she had been having relations with a man named Gustav Nitschke. The police solicitor jumped on this as a possible motive for the killing of Bertha. But why would she kill Bertha? What did a 13-year-old kid do? nothing because it turns out that bertha had known of mary's rendezvous with the older man so gustav <laughs> gustav nietzsche was called to the inquest to give evidence of course so he spoke about having sex with mary at least like three different occasions mary the one whose picture looks like a scary monster yeah oh god she's attractive no. to them no So he's slept with her at least three different times. On purpose, too. Yep. On purpose. One time in her parents' bed. Oh, my (laughs) God. Oh, my God. And Bertha was actually in the next room, right next door, possibly actually watching through the cracks in the door. That's all kinds of wrong. Yeah. This, of course, in 1902 actually was scandalous. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So, the real reason for the scandal is this is an unwed woman and an unwed man having sex in secret meetings? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Talk about the witches casting spells. Yeah. So, during Nitschke's evidence, he stated he had actually previously spooned with Bertha while another man spooned with Mary and had often joked with Bertha about whisking her away to the city with him. Did you mean Mary? Nope. Bertha. Yep. The child. Uh Uh-huh. And Bertha allowed, we can't ask Bertha, Bertha's gone. Couldn't put it on Bertha anyway. Bertha's a child. So it came to light that Nitschke had had sex with Mary on the night her parents had left for Flaxman's Valley. Okay, but that was December 27th. Yeah. It was also just a few days before Bertha's murder. But he had witnesses to prove he had actually been in Adelaide at the time of the murder. So let's talk for just a moment, all right? Why would the fact that 25-year-old Mary... Was sleeping with a man have anything to do with the murder of her sister? Was Bertha gonna tell? I actually found a Reddit post. <laughs> oh my God. I'm on this story, <laughs> written up by someone with the handle name An Unimportant Life. I'm so sorry. It was actually a good read. It was actually super good. That really summed up the case very well. Someone did ask in the comment section why Mary would have done this. An unimportant life answered with this. Once Mary's relationship with Gustav Nietzsche was discovered, they probably assumed this would have been the motivation. Due to the ship in parents and their religious views, any hint of sex outside of marriage would have been heavily frowned <laughs> upon. So between that and her father's reputation of being a strict disciplinarian with the kids, Mary and Gustav would have been concerned that his reaction would prove violent if he found out. So this is why they kept the relationship a secret for a year or so before Bertha's murder. This is one of the possible motives police were using as a reason to why she murdered Bertha. She murdered Bertha? Mary? Did you not catch on to their saying that Mary murdered her? But then who 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 got Mary out of bed? Was she just making that up? Probably. They found strips of her night clothing next to Bertha. Did you not catch on? I did, but she was sleeping next to Bertha. So who's to say that whenever this person got her all riled up in the bed and pulled her out of the bed, they yeah. didn't rip off. Yeah, true. But I don't think that happened. More witnesses were called during the afternoon, including Mary's mother and Dr. Smith. The jury, retired at 5 to 6 p.m., came back with their verdict. So at about 7 p.m. that night, the jury's verdict was read aloud by Coroner Mulligan. We, the jury, are all of the opinion that Joanne, Joanne Bertha Elizabeth Shippen, met her death on the very first night of January 1902 by having her throat cut by Mary August Augusta Shippen. You see your face right there and how you're quiet and stunned? That's exactly what the room looked like. I had that. Stunned, the room was silent. Like you. It's like you knew on cue to do that. I didn't know. I didn't know. Mary was called before Mr. (laughs) Mulligan and the murder charge was read aloud she then was ordered to be arrested and transported to the adelaide gallows where she would await trial for murder but they, they just they just had it. they just what yeah oh okay. that's why i said it was like a mock trial now they're gonna go through with the real one even though they just literally They just investigated and questioned and did everything. Why are we doing it again? Right. They swore her in and they actually have like a verdict. I, I don't think you get verdicts during questioning. Did she admit to this ever? No, not really. But this thing that she could go up for, this murder, that a sentence of that weight actually means if she was found guilty, she'd be hung.
1: Was she hung?
0: Do you want to find out? Yes. Okay. This is super long and I'm so sorry, guys, but Amanda can't pull herself together. To I, I'm I just, I'm just, Continue. <sighs> she, I know you're worried about I, your beautiful friend. I, I, well, beautiful is a stretch, but So she the... looks like a monster and is turning out to look le- that way. Johan or Joanne embraced her last living daughter remember? Oh, yeah. Her no, other yeah, daughter yeah, yeah. died from TB, yes. and now the other one was brutally murdered. But the police had to take her away. So, all the while, Mary pled with her mother that she did not do this. The police put Mary in a horse trap. <laughs> it is the 1900s. Okay, okay. Have you never watched old things? <laughs> that's not how you wanted that to come out. I don't think that's how you wanted that to be. You know? Like, the little buggy things. (coughs) I don't know. Sure. The picture in my head's probably wrong. I picture Beauty and the Beast where he throws her into the back and slams the... No, that's probably it. Oh, okay. So, they took her to Agustin police cells where she was kept until the next morning. And then they took her to Freeling train station and awaited the Kapunda train. The police knew that this murder was actually highly talked about all over Australia And, of course, people wanted a glimpse of Mary. No, they didn't. I'm (laughs) sure they regretted it as soon as they got the glimpse because... They were all like, ah! Yes! Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. (laughs) Yes. So people were actually lining the train station as they awaited movements from the police and the murderer. So the officer in charge of transporting Mary decided to kind of, like, beat the crowds... So they disembarked from the train in North Adelaide, taking Mary straight to the Adelaide Gallo. Oh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure those people were pissed. Yeah, they must have been. That would be like me staking out where Taylor Swift would be and then her coming out the back door. I would be so upset. You would be so upset. (sighs) my God, you would be so upset. My life would be like- You would would be be so upset. So upset. Oh my God. Yeah, that's, really that was a perfect analogy. I got super upset right now, uh, and that's not even something that's happening. I, it's a perfect analogy. I I really felt that in the moment. Yeah. Like I feel disappointed now yeah. that I didn't see Taylor Swift come out the front door, and we're not we're in your bathroom.
1: We're we're in my bathroom in in a different state. I wish she
0: were peeking in the window. We're on the second floor. <laughs> so that'd be a little <laughs> <bit creepy>. ladders. <laughs> okay. Waves. Waves. Yeah. We could bring her to the second floor. What? <laughs> I don't know. The waves are big. Where are they? <laughs> Where are the waves coming? Left by the ocean. Oh, but I wish. <laughs> A girl can dream. This has gone off the rails. What's happening? We should not be back together. <laughs> so the young and naive Mary Shippen True. Was actually very much out of place Like yeah. in the harsh environment Of Adelaide I mean she was from Tawita
1: yeah.
0: Adelaide is like it's big It's not Tawita I like how you look down for Tawita And you like looked up for I don't, big I don't think we're in <laughs> Tawita anymore Toto <laughs> <laughs> oh, The no. biggest problem was The thieves and the prostitutes there were like no friendly faces, which you we'd think she would be used to with her to father. Dad. But she was also being accused of murder. So set apart from like lower crimes. You know? People like women were she was with these women who were <laughs> doing time, right? And she's a freaking murderer. So everybody was like, ooh, Mary's oh, here. You know? Yeah. So, everybody was avoiding her the best they could. Uh, so, Mary's constant visitor was Father Etal from the Lutheran Church. He probably didn't know she was a wind. Right? So, he was actually consoling her for, like, her upcoming trial and possibly being hung. And he was like, it's okay. It'll well, happen I, quick. You no, know, it'll just be smooth. It'll be fine. Just no, jump. Just so, the date of her trial was actually set for Tuesday, March 4th, 1902. Mary oh. sat in Adelaide, right? What? While she was there, they actually exhumed Bertha to re-examine the body for, like, missed clues. Huh. Was she pregnant? Bertha? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. So, the defense and the prosecution... I almost said prostitution. (laughs) That's a different form of legalities. The defense and the prostitution. I mean, yikes. Yikes. So they were gathering evidence and statements for the upcoming trial in March. Okay. The real one. Not the mock, fake one. The puppet one. Meanwhile, the general public, they were like whipped into a frenzy about the whole damn thing. They were just like, what the F is happening? And they were looking for like any little piece of information they could get. You know, they just wanted big news things. They just wanted to know what the hell was going on. So, a large crowd actually like gathered in Victoria Square near the courthouse. And a smaller crowd gathered waiting at the Adelaide Gallo to see if they could spot Mary as she was taken into the trial. So you had, like, some people here, some people there. Tell the you. courthouse filled up quickly, uh, but they, they didn't see Mary. Why? Did they get scared and they looked away? No, because the case against her was adjourned until the following morning. Yeah, they just said, we're, we're going to wait. So the following morning, Mary was taken to the courthouse. She sat and she waited for Chief Justice Samuel Way to enter precisely at 10 a.m. So once a few formalities happened, Mary was asked to offer a plea. She said in a very, like, super calm, soft voice, I am not guilty, sir. Now, mind you, I don't know if you remember, but people actually refer to these people as mother and daughter. Yeah, 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 because they were so far apart in age, and they were polar opposites. But they were so close. But they were, all, right. So after these weird court hearings, a jury was presented, and the trial began. So the Crown Solicitor, Sinclair, offered the opening argument about everything that happened that night. Yeah. Um, but it ended with the following statement. He said, the suggestion that prosecution makes is that the deed was either prompted by jealousy arising from an invitation from Nietzsche to Bertha to accompany him to Adelaide. Or by the fear that the knowledge of Mary's misbehavior possessed by Bertha would be communicated to the father upon his return home. So do you know what that... Mm -hmm. Okay. So they're essentially saying... Mary's pissed because her boyfriend really wanted her 13-year-old sister. Or they're saying, well, Bertha knew about these two having sex and was going to go tell their dad. Okay. Yeah. Which, I mean. It could have been. Either one. We can't ask Bertha, can we? I would not. I hope it's not the first one. Me too. So the brothers were again called to testify, just like they did in January. And again, they gave the same exact account. I mean, what is it they could say? They could say, oh, we uh, we were woken by Mary. No, Will wasn't woken. I Nothing was Will spoken was. about Will. Right. But like, what <laughs> are they going to say? They can't say anything that happened up in the bedroom yeah, or in the, in the house. They weren't there. Yeah, right. And if you remember, August didn't even go in to help his little sister. No, he ran to, to the next help. place. Right. So nobody knows what happened in the house. What was Mary doing while Augie was going to get help? I don't know. So, <sighs> excuse me. At six thirty that evening, court adjourned. Police had to get Mary back to the jail in like a super secret manner because of the crowds. Have actually groomed. That's a word. It is now. We're going to use it now. Stamped it. Fifteen hundred people were around the courthouse trying to get a glimpse of her. Oh my god. That's I know. So many. That is a lot. That's a lot of people. That's so many. That's a lot of that's uh, could you imagine? She's probably never seen that many people. No, but once they take a picture, they're going to be sorely mistaken, regretting that. So Gustav Nietzsche was actually seen by the general public as a villain. <laughs> I love how you said that. <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He would be, too. Yeah. Yeah. So when he was leaving the courthouse that day, a large group of angry people began to follow him. So as he sped up, they sped up. And it wasn't until, like, a police escort was presented that he was able to escape through the angry crowd that looked as if it would riot any minute. This is intense. I'm literally hanging on by a thread because I just need to know how it's going to (laughs) end. So on day five... The defense mounted its case. Yeah, that's exactly where my mind went They to. mounted the oh, cots. Okay. Oh. <laughs> it was with a T. So Simon, who was on the defense, I... Yeah, it squeaks. <clears throat> you don't need to make the thrusting movement. It's the toilet, guys. Um, so Simon was on the defense. He presented, like, a well-thought-out... An eloquent speech that lasted an entire day. What the hell could he have said that lasted a whole day? (laughs) Was he just reciting verses from the Bible? Like What was he doing? He detailed all of the events and the possibilities that the prosecution had presented of motive and cause and defended Mary while destroying the reputation of Nietzsche. Okay, we could have done that in ten minutes. He did the entire day. Uh, Ah, okay. So, actually... In the evening of day five of the hearing, the gathered crowd had become actually super angry towards the man. So. Towards Simon? No, I think it's Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Okay. So, I think. Um, so, there's a good chance that he would actually be lynched in the street. Oh, Remember, yours. they were going after right. him. Right. So. so, he's definitely going to need somebody to walk with him. Yeah. So, as he made his way down King William Street, the crowd turned, like, super pissed. <laughs> They had it out for him He was actually struck in the face by two men And then he ran to a nearby cab for help But they ignored him So he ran to the Prince of Wales Hotel I know that sounds super That sounds fancy I know (laughs) He was actually quickly turned away Of course he was So he ran down the street dodging blows from people until police heard his screams and and rescued him and then escorted him away from the crowd, thus saving his life. That's freaking nuts. My goodness. So day six, courtroom, completely filled. So were the streets outside. So there was actually tension. And again, the proceedings began at 10 a.m. Listen, if shit's going on all day we should probably start a little earlier probably would be a good idea so Chief Justice Way then went about condensing the previous five days statements and then he decided to set the jury out for their verdict oh god and how long did they take to deliver well statements were made again by both the prosecution and the defense and then they all retired at 6 10 p.m. For their verdict. So the jury asked for some of the clothing. And the bedclothes to be delivered to them. While they just pondered and came to their conclusion. So the jury then returned at 8.06pm. It's like two hours-ish. The eerie glow of the now lit gas lamps. And the total silence of everyone in the room. Led to an electric cabin. So Mary was in the witness box. She stood, she was quiet, she was just like, like her life is over. Because now she's like, well shit, am I going to be found for murder? And then hung. So they came forward. And when asked by the Crown if Mary Shippen was guilty or not guilty, John Bradley, the jury foreman, uttered, in a super nervous voice, not guilty. Did they say why? Why? Yeah, uh, not really. But as soon as they read not guilty, the crowd erupted in applause and cheers. But I thought they were... Oh, no, they didn't like Nitschke, but I don't think they hated Mary. I think they just wanted to see the glorious, glamorous woman. Mm -hmm. She looked like she just came out of... Glamour. Your idea of glamour shine must be two different things. Because... So the people outside were now <laughs> three thousand people, doubled. Yep. Um. So popular opinion was that Mary was innocent of the crime, and that's actually what they hoped for. They Why? must. I think they because I think they just believed her. So back in the courtroom, though. He was, sh- <laughs> the judge was shouting for order in the court, trying to control the mm-hmm. celebrations. Mary was then sent to be with her parents, ushered out into a cab. A hundred what? meters down King William Street, people were cheering for her. However, some of the crowd hung back at the courthouse <clears throat> waiting to see if Nitschke would come out. That way they could attack him again. But police have, they took him out the back. They, they l- used their noggin. Yeah, and so they actually set up like diversions to distract the crowd, so that they could secretly get him out. So around Tawita, a rumor began to take hold. Of course, it did. So it is said that Mathis is actually the killer. You know who that is—the fat, the father, the daddy. But how? <clears throat> So, the rumor points to an Afghan camel herder killed some years before near Sudan that he'd actually been accused of, but he'd been acquitted of killing that guy. So, further evidence in the rumor mill pointed to a horse found in the Sudan area that had been ridden very hard. Has it now. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Woo! Woo! It's getting steamy in here. It's like fifty shades of crazy stuff. <laughs> Evidence. Horse ridden hard. What does that even mean? I don't know. Like you could put two horses in front of me, one that's ridden hard and one that's never ridden, and I wouldn't know the difference. I grew up with horses. My father had horses growing up. Right. I wouldn't. I still wouldn't know. what no. what, what? Not a clue. Was the hair matted and sweaty? Like, well, uh, I'm not sure. I don't. What, I, don't. I don't know. What, but that was okay. Well, that was the evidence. So <laughs> Mathis was with family and friends in Flaxman's Valley on the night of question, though. So that doesn't matter to people who gossip. Fuck the facts.
1: Yeah, they're just gonna say whatever they think sounds good.
0: It's what? like the narcissists who have to turn the, yeah, the story I mean, to yeah. fit whatever story they want. Yeah. It's crazy. So on the same Reddit post from earlier, someone with the handle name Jackie Blue okay. said, it seems the family themselves believed the father murdered her. Apparently, he called the family together along with the pastor and confessed to murdering his daughter, as well as to the other murder that he was suspected of. It seems Gustav was having relations with both Mary and Bertha and the parents were quite aware of his relationship with Mary, but were unsure if he knew about the relations with Bertha. I would wonder, I would wonder one thing then. If the father knew about the relations with his other daughter, wouldn't he be more keen to kill Gustav rather than his own children? Yeah. I assume he was not happy with the relations between Mary and Gustav. So why not kill Mary too then? I feel like that evidence just doesn't add up. Nor does the motive. I feel like... I still need to know where Will was. (laughs) Well, life for Mary was never quite the same. She was actually shunned and judged by her peers in the local towns. Which is weird because 3,000 people were, were super um, excited. They were all praising that she was... Maybe those people weren't from Tawita. Well, she needs to go wherever those people live. Yeah. Well, she decided to stick to the family farm and she became super withdrawn from the society. In 1908, Mathis decided to sell the farm and move away. The family moved into a four-bedroom house about 20 minutes from Tawita in Light Pass. Mathis Shippen died on May 31st, 1911, at age 61. Ooh. Mary and her brother, or I'm sorry, Mary and her mother lived in Light Pass until 1917, while the boys had moved away and taken jobs in towns close by. Mary began to like show signs of having TB and ended up moving to Adelaide, where she was confined to <laughs> the consumptive home. It's really just a home that treats TB so joanne moved out to mount mary to live with august mary grew sicker and sicker and knowing that she was going to die soon she went to mount mary to be with her brother and her mother mary then died on july 4th 1919 she was buried at saint peter's lutheran church cemetery joanne lived until 1923 she Was supported by a small amount of money left to her by her daughter, and she died on September 8th, 1923, and was buried in the same cemetery as her husband in Straight Gate Lutheran Cemetery. Wilhelm eventually contracted TB, and he died at the age of 42. Oh, my God. The only thing that I could not find out about were any of the other kids, was, like, Carl, better known as Fritz. No idea. Um... He married Flora Hermaine Mary Krebs. What did she go by? It, no. Oh, okay. In 1924, (laughs) they went on to have a daughter named Dulcie Hilda, but they called her Hilly. Okay. Gustav Nitschke could not set foot anywhere in South Australia without being recognized. So during the trial, his photo had been splashed. This he he was well he was the villain, so his face was everywhere. Everybody knew everything, and what he looked like. So he eventually moved and legally changed his name to Gus Nichols, Gustav Nitschke Gus Nichols. Oh, original. Jeez. Probably should have just changed it to Will Smith. Probably would have been. A he ended up getting bad. married though. And having six children before he died in 1954. Six children on purpose. Yes, but he died in 1954. That is so much closer to our time now. He lived all that time. That's yeah, two years before my mom was born. That's super soon. Like, yeah. he was around during 1901 when this murder went on. His sex partner killed her sister. We don't know. It's actually... It's actually... A cold case. They don't know who did it. That's the end of our story. I say Will did it. Perhaps because we don't know anything about Will, well, where the he fuck was. Will. I don't know where Will was the entire time. It was Will. It might be, but maybe it was just uh, some random person. It could have been a random person, but my money is leaning towards Will because where the fuck was Will?
1: I don't who know. Who kills a
0: parrot? Will. Oh my God! Will. They needed food. No, you don't need parents. They needed no. food. No. absolutely. There's no. no. I don't think. I don't think it was Will. I don't think it was any of the family. Um. I mean, Will was never on trial. Neither was August, and their um, their things matched. Their stories matched. I really don't think she did it. I don't, I don't think she did it either. I don't, I don't think, think any it. of them did it. But I don't know who did do it. Tawita thinks she did it. Well, Tawita is possibly wrong. Possibly. All right, guys. That was an hour and 51 minutes of insanity. It really keeps you hanging, though. What? All of us or the story? Both. (laughs) We're we're fun. We're something. This was one hell of a banger to come back to with both of us. We banged. <laughs> and no. I don't think that's We rode that horse so hard. <laughs> <laughs> the horse being the, the case. Sure. It was ridden hardly. <sighs> hardly ridden. <laughs> <laughs> I kinda just wanna go home and go into my cot now. Mm-hmm. Cot. See, so cot that yeah. time. I heard it. Alright guys, we are going to leave you but we'll be back next week. <clears throat> Yep. Yeah. We need you to stay alert. Stay salty. Stay intact. Do you love everything about that? I love everything about that. It's going to come out better next time. I it, It'll come out different. It'll come. If it's coming out, it's coming out different. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you need to put your feet up when you say it. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm going to... <sighs> I'm going to ride my horse hard home.
1: <laughs> this is what happens when we don't see each other for so leave. long.
0: <laughs> I need to go. What would you put in the dill pickle soup? Pickles. That's a great story. <laughs> see you next
1: episode.